0: He didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and Robin's son
1: is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing, we are up to episode number three, and I am Peter Wilkinson, and I'm joined tonight by Brayden Martin, how you going mate? Good, good, busy week as usual, but but feeling alright. Long weekend, short weeks, and it feels like there's just no time in the world. I think all I've done is had a marble marathon all weekend and got nothing else done but that's okay. <laughs> how how you been for your for your extra long weekend?
2: Uh pretty good. It was weird actually. I was saying to a couple of colleagues from work, I woke up on Sunday and I actually just felt super relaxed and like I was like I finally felt like I got some energy back. And then it was like, oh yes, and I've got the Monday as well. So spent Monday relaxing, <laughs> woke up Tuesday morning feeling just as tired as I've ever felt. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah, it's false sense go. of security. Don't rest,
1: <laughs> don't rest. Anyway, I don't want to talk to you anymore because we've got a special guest tonight and I'd like to introduce everyone to Ira Philberg. How are you going, mate?
0: Yeah, g'day guys, thanks. thanks for having me.
1: No problems, all the way from the other side of Australia. What's it like over there at the moment? <laughs>
0: only four hours on a plane (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah no it's sort of coming in autumn start of autumn so not really hot days but yeah no it's weather's been pretty good we've got a cyclone coming early next week so that could be interesting i
1: did see that that'll be very interesting we've Uh, had enough rain over here so you guys can keep it over there just just i wouldn't mind a bit of rain
0: i grow veggies for a living these days so rain's good
1: Oh yeah, you definitely you want you want all the stuff we had. So I grew up in Port Macquarie, so shout out to all those people who had oh, like yeah. seven hundred meals in a week. <laughs> and then just recently, we've had about one hundred and fifty meals just overnight, just up here the wow. other night. So wow. I don't want to see rain ever again. Oh no, not ever again. It's it's good. It's been good. Anyway, especially if you're growing fruit and veggies, you want to um, get as much. Yeah. One hundred and fifty—that's
0: so that's too much. But in a, in one year, oh, anyway. yeah,
1: it was. And so Australia. that was the first thing back. Yeah, first thing back to work was, okay, you can't deliver parcels there because it's flooded. You can't deliver parcels there because it's (laughs) flooded. we got vans bogged. It was a good, good, fun day, first day back. So, anyway, let's get into who is Ira Felberg. So, let's have a quick rundown. Um, Just tell us a bit about yourself, and then we'll get into some actual proper questions, mate.
0: Uh, Yeah, so, basically, um, I'm what you probably call old these days. Just a couple years shy of 50, I think, next year. Yeah, I'll be like 50 um, yeah, I live in Bickley Valley in Perth, born in Canberra, um, moved over here when I was about year eight and then just kind of lived here ever since, done quite a few different things for work, um, had like a whole 20 year career as a painter and decorator and did all right right there, painter of the year, of master painters a couple of times and got to paint wow. some, uh, yeah I kind of got lucky, right place at the right time but unfortunately for me I was good at it. Uh, but it was one of those things i just kind of did it after high school and i was always going to do something else but yeah the phone kept ringing and oh look it was good don't get me wrong and like i said i got lucky and i painted you know gina ryanup's place and jack bendit and some people like that so um that was cool but yeah and then went out that sort of went into uh tv uh, and got a job on a fishing tv show and as a magazine editor and then went freelance and did that for about 10 years and then kind of got to mid-40s and thought, hmm, halfway, what am I going to do for the next half? And decided, yeah, move up the hill and start growing veggies.
1: That's as, as you would. That's a very, very good spot to end up once you're over 40 because, look, on your own time then, I guess. So what's, yeah. what's like the change from, from TV and, and painting to, to growing your own veggies and, and doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, are.
0: it's pretty crazy, and look, what I just glossed over there, right, like, man, I could write a book, kind of thing, um, <laughs> some of the stories, well, you got to remember, like, all these people, they like to socialise together, and it was, yep. the, it was the 90s, and that's about all I'll say <laughs> about that, um, but yeah, and you know, we do a lot of footballers, Eagles football players, and stuff like that, so it's quite interesting, it Was, and yeah, it has been varied, but um, I think if you talk to most people these days, they don't generally have the old one job thing and it is true it's not really a midlife crisis but you do sort of get halfway the other thing is being a tradie um i tick a lot of boxes there and um it's hard on your body um and i was kind of like and look having said that right i still do jobs like when the phone rings but because the money's too good to say no to but i kind of just pick and choose and i do more like interesting stuff now Um, but, um, but yeah, and having the change is good. i tell you one thing. Uh, a lot of my painting mates ask me, oh, what don't you miss? I definitely don't miss the driving. Like, just working from home makes a huge difference to your life, yeah. I reckon. And I Which think the older you get, too, like, you kind of chase money and fame and all that when you're younger. And then you get older and you go, you know what? <laughs> I just, I just want to, like, kind of have a nice, quiet life, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Don't work too hard. And, look, you know, I'm not rich or anything, but I've done okay, so... Yeah, um... It is I, interesting I
2: that the uh, worst part was having to do all the driving and tonight we'll get to sit down and talk a lot about driving. <laughs> driving, yeah,
0: that's it. Oh, you know, it's like, I'm in traffic. Yeah. No, I've, always <laughs> yeah. loved, I've always loved race car driving, but yeah.
1: So, so let's it's... move into the actual racing stuff, I guess. Um, yep. Ira, where, how did you end up racing?
0: Um, yeah, I actually was thinking about that. Um, basically, I sort of knew about it for a while, um always been a gamer right since games started because i'm a kid from the early 70s um yep. but and i sort of seen it around and i had done like the gran turismo comp they had a bathus like you could win a drive in a real car kind of thing i had done that yep. on playstation before um and a mate of mine who i was actually racing with midgets at the speedway at the time he just sort of jumped on because he already had a wheel and stuff and he thought i'll just give it a go and basically just kind of went from there um and we just yeah the first time i I was like i'll just try it's only 10 bucks or whatever it was at the start for the first month i'll just give it a go and the first thing i did i think was like laps in a sprint car 360 and like i've raced those things and yeah i was quite surprised (laughs) like i was blown away how good it was in terms of simulation yeah Yep. so yeah i just sort of came to it by mistake a bit late um in 2017 mid 2017 so just coming up four years now okay
1: nice and so you've driven in real life let's get on to that what what have you driven in real life or raced in real life
0: um yeah quite uh quite a varied amount of stuff i actually started out um i was born in canberra as i said and so, my dad used to race at Charlie Speedway. There's probably a few old boys out there like me who grew up going there every friday night um and it was pretty crazy, like you know, when you think about it we got to see Steve kinser and Gary Rush and all these kind of guys and uh, my uncles they all raced as well, so it was kind of already in my blood and then um it's just one of those things like i don't know how do you explain um why you love something. I don't know why, but it yeah. was just... From a kid, I was just mad for it. Now, in the 70s, if you're a kid, right, there's not much around a race except for slot cars because there was no yep. RC, there was no Sims, right, or anything, but just about everyone, like all my dads and all their mates and they were all all their sheds and their man caves, they all had a slot car. Now, there was also a big commercial track in Fish Week and it was pretty competitive. Like the state titles, they used to get like over 100 guys. Oh, that's in the yeah. 70s, you know. So, yep. anyway... um. And look, it is the same kind of principle as most other racing. It's like you would, you look at a slot and think there's only one way to drive that turn, but there's actually multiple lines. And the same principle of how fast you accelerate, when, when you mm-hmm. brake, how much you brake, they're all the same things that lead to, like, um, you know, quick lap times. Um, so anyway, I kind of started out racing them and um, found out when I was about eight years old, I was actually not bad at it. Won a race, got a trophy, and I was kind of addicted uh, after that. Um, and then, yeah, had a drive in a go-kart. Uh, my old man got me a drive in a car, Canberra go-kart track, actually, and Mark Webber, by coincidence, was a member there at the time. <laughs> Young yep. kid, about the same age as me, but I didn't <laughs> know him, obviously, from a bar of soap. And, um, yeah, I was just a from the first drive. Like, I kind of shit my pants, but I wanted to do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I didn't really have an opportunity because life led me... Um, In another way, my parents separated after that and I moved to WA. I went to a boarding school, so I kind of had four years there where I just wasn't really doing anything. And then by chance, one of the guys at the school was racing karts. So, obviously we struck up a friendship. Uh, I ran spanners like crew for him for about a year or two. And then, um, yeah, just bought a cart, got into karts, did that for about quite a few years um and yeah when i first started out, I was race my first race actually ended up being a bit of a metaphor <laughs> for my career i realized later because i was racing um garth tander was in my class um and the funny thing was he's funny story he was a 16 year old kid when i first met him he was an apprentice at flat-out yep. go-karts in perth and he used to rebuild my motors for me how's that <laughs> um, wow. but anyway and then he'd spank me on the weekend My first race, I started, like, P30-something, because back then, Tiger Kart Club, like, they were massive grids, like, 30, 40 cars, 50-plus for a title. So, yeah, I started 30-something. All I remember is Garth lapped me on the last lap, it was raining, and I finished eighth. (laughs) (laughs) And and I kind of realized right then, and I know it sounds a bit funny, but, you know, I kind of built, like, a half-decent trophy cabinet just staying on the black stuff. And I kind of realized then, hey, you don't have to be the quickest guy. You just got to, like, you know, there's racecraft and all that. Um, So, yeah, and then I kind of tried to progress, but got to Formula 4 and ran out of money. Um, And then, yeah, life sort of led me other ways. And um, a guy that I was actually racing karts with, he started a new class at a speedway, which was like a quarter midgets, so half the size again of a midget with a smaller motorbike motor. And um, they had no suspension or anything in those. The first ones were pretty rugged, Um, a lot of fun, super cheap. Like you could go race them for six bucks kind of thing, right? Um, Super cheap. And then I sort of, I I sold my car and I regret that, Um, but I was getting into something else in life. I was getting into the magazine, fishing TV work, and I was fishing tournaments and I had a whole career actually fishing tournaments all around Australia. Got my one and only state title in that. I should mention in cards, yeah, I never got a state title or anything. My best result, I think, was like a state round win and a couple of, like, seconds. But a second at a club day, like at Wanneroo, was like, (laughs) yeah, man, back in the day, that was like you had to beat Garth and his brother. Yeah. Um, Which was another funny story. A lot of people asked me, was his brother faster than him, Dirk? And, yeah, he, he was. I remember the national titles at Wanneroo like around about late 80s, early 90s and Dirk won two titles, I think and Garth won one <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, went fishing for 10 years, then came back and ran the, the midgets again, and they'd progressed a lot by then, full suspension basically all the same adjustments as a normal midget, but just a lot cheaper, and they lap about a second a lap slower than a 360 sprint car so, um, they are so much fun so cheap to, to race and just like yeah and something about open wheels just yeah it's balls out kind of thing so yeah and in and then in the meantime I did a few other little bits and pieces a couple of rallies did a couple of races in a 360 sprint car that was about it um, a lot of track days at Wanneroo um, and then um, yeah I sort of was planning to go back to carts probably this year got out of speedway about a year or so ago mainly because nowhere to race local you gotta tow 400k's and yeah, a lot Ooh. of politics plus i was really enjoying the sim racing you know and then this year i had a plan to sort of go back and run karts just a little bit just for fun and then i had a little hiccup as you guys know at christmas time yeah. so um yep. those plans are kind of on hold but i'll probably get back to that so, yeah, and um, oh, I've been good. lucky enough to drive a lot of sort of kind of fun cars at track days and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's about it for real life. Wow.
1: Um, I've got to ask, and I'm afraid to ask, because probably going to send us down another five-minute chat, but <laughs> where's your favourite fishing spot?
0: <laughs> oh, man. It's really hard to choose, because I've actually been around Australia about three or four times. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have to say right up the top, like Arnhem Land... Um, I was yep. lucky enough to go right up there, like, if you go to Darwin and then fly out, or the Kimberley, um, because up north, you, people don't, you, I don't know, before you go up there, you don't really think about up north as, like, lots of water, but then when you go up yeah. there, you realise there's a hundred times more water than there is down here, but having <laughs> mm-hmm. said that, Tassie's also, like, pretty special, you know, anywhere remote is good, I like, because it's generally not untouched, but, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Oh, definitely <laughs> something different. yeah.
1: Okay, so we better get back back on the tracks. What's your favourite car and track in uh, I racing?
0: Oh well, um, <clears throat> as you guys, I probably it's not going to be a popular answer probably, but at <laughs> the moment I probably have to say the Skippies. Um, now look, you know I have driven the V8s and all that, and I did about two years, you know, racing devs and all that, um, you know, because that's what all the cool kids do. But uh, from <laughs> yeah. a racer's point of view, I, I, look, they're they're tough, they're hard. If you want to get good, I'd say drive them but they're not that much fun the other thing is i found they're hard to follow close you know so i really like the yeah. tcrs we ran six seasons of them and that was a lot of fun because you could follow close and even like you know someone like jackson on certain tracks like a really fast guy he might only be a second or two a lap closer or uh, faster than me so yeah but same with the skippies just because um you know it's funny like you know you talk to these racing car drivers and you probably all know the famous one right when everyone asks at air and center what was the most fun he'll say "Carts." and it's interesting that you know once you've raced a bit and, you know people ask me the same thing i was like well usually the simplest stuff is the most fun and that's what i love about the skippies they, they're pretty simple the race craft is like just you know just the epitome of racing really so yeah at the moment but having said that You know, like the other fast cars, um, the i have been doing that for the endurance races, and um, I like that because it's just like it's a proper race car, you know. It's got good grip, it makes serious power, and, you know, (laughs) someone slow like me can still blow the jaws off the GTEs. Yeah,
1: I think... That's That's what we would we were definitely throwing that around what we rode and when we went to do Enduros we are like let's just go to Delara for a bit so we can at least overtake people <laughs> that's
2: alright I think um, <laughs> it's interesting that you say like the appeal is that close racing and it's kind of what's come out of um, what a few of the drivers in the V8 supercars are really excited about the next gen cars how with the reduced um, aero, hopefully there'll be less dirty air and they will be able to actually race. The amount of drivers that are annoyed with the fact that as soon as you get within, you know, a second of someone yeah. where you should be getting that draft up on them, you're actually getting stuck in dirty air and can't even make an overtake, so.
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, it's the same as everyone. And look, the fans have been saying it for years, you know, get rid of all that aero junk. But part of the problem with Motorsport too, 2 rides right, is that it doesn't really go backwards, <laughs> No, you know, it's no. it's tech it's always gonna get more technological advanced. So it's hard, especially for organisers. Um that's one one thing I will have to hand um, you know, to NASCAR. They're pretty good like that. They they kinda of will make the change, but yeah. There
1: we go. Um yeah, no, look, the Skeppies are really fun, but I'm definitely finding that problem of trailing close to someone at the moment is causing me a terrible amount of issues which I don't want to wanna to see much again. <laughs> but should, I don't think that's the skippy's fault though. Yeah, no, it probably isn't. It's definitely a (laughs) meat problem, but we'll talk about that later. Um, So let's plug, who who are you racing for at the moment?
0: Uh, Yeah, so I race with a team, uh, me and another guy, Steve, basically kind of co-run a team called uh, 111 Esports. Uh, So when I first came on iRacing, I kind of just got lucky. I fell in because the guy that I was racing with, Darren, um, uh, he knew a guy, Steve, they were playing Rust together um, and (laughs) iRacing as well, you know, and they were just like jumping with us. And they were just, there were a bunch of guys who all kind of fell out of the same tree. They were on the same level as us, just wanted to have fun and and all the rest of it. And then by coincidence, I got dragged onto a big, big team, uh, CMR. A lot of people probably remember them. Well, they were one of the better teams. They had a lot of V8 drivers. They were winning, like, top split, Le Mans and stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool to be on a big team and see what it was like. And then, unfortunately, that guy moved back to London, uh, shut the team down. So a bunch of us who were on that team a lot of guys kind of went off and just raced with their mates because that's what most people do and about 10 or 15 of us kind of stayed together and there's a couple of guys who sort of went away for a little while and then they've they've come back and we've got a good bunch of guys now there's only about sort of 10 of us but but yeah um and we're a pretty crazy team like we don't have too much structured practice and all that we try and keep it fun definitely for the endurance races we put a fair bit of work into it um but yeah, so that's that's my team one eleven.
1: Yep, cool. I see plenty of them going around the Skippy track as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been funny because at the start it was just me, and then slowly, then Jason came across, and then you know I kept telling them, hey, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then one by one, now there's like six or seven of them of So say yeah. one by one by
2: one by oh. one <laughs> every, by one. Every every yeah. time I look around, there's a one eleven car.
1: <laughs> oh, it's good to see though. It's Definitely good to see. So. Obviously, we've got you on for a special reason because you do run Aussie Car. Now, there's many different versions of Aussie Car series going around. Skippy's is obviously the one we're in and where we yeah. know you from and the, the major one that's running. But what led you to start Aussie Car in the first place?
0: Uh, yeah, so when I first got on I racing, I kind of... Because um, well, one thing I kind of skipped over was um, I've also got... Uh, one of the things I've done for a job over time is event organisation... sorts of different things from speedway to yeah fishing tournaments state mountain bike events all different stuff so it's one of those things if you kind of like it you kind of gravitate to it and i kind of knew at the start because i saw all the hosted and i was like hey this has got potential you know because you can control everything but then i thought no i'll just let's go do some other leagues for a while um get some experience get a good feel for the system before you go jumping in um take your time don't rush it kind of thing so I did that for like literally about two two and a half years and then I don't know I just kind of got to the point where I felt like I was ready and then I was sort of ready for a little while and then doing a lot of my research I realized like how much um like when something new comes along either a cool new track or a cool new car everyone's all over it right and then like three months later no one wants to drive it not really but you know what I mean so I thought I'll just wait for something like that to come along and then they drop the TCR cars and i've always been a big fan of like british two leaders and all that kind of stuff and Toka touring cars so i was like this is my chance i'll jump on that and yeah it was really good um the other thing is just when COVID, oh, i was just before COVID hit so there was a big influx and um i was really lucky with the turbo touring cars i had six really good seasons there and some of the best like races on on the racing flat out, you know, Cooper Webster, season two, no one even put a finger on him, you know, and we see now he's racing Carrie Rogers Motorsport, and Thomas Hines won the season, Jackson, Susan, Harlow, So, yeah, it was a good field, and I kind of surprised myself. I had good success early, which I knew then <laughs> uh, less successful things were coming just because <laughs> that's how anything is in life, really. But, yeah, so that's – and, and I'm just – I got frustrated because, obviously, I should backtrack on what you actually asked me about. Why did I start? Obviously, I listened to your first one last week about the whole IR and the SR system. And it's, you know, it's here's my thoughts on it um, real quick, right? I hate it, right? I hate it, right? But here's the thing. Show me a better way, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, the, and yeah. don't worry, right? I spend all day, every day thinking about it. Now, I'm telling you, there is no better way, right? If there was... I'd be very surprised. Now, you might be able to tweak it a little bit, but, and people say, oh, just make it so if you get hit by the behind, right, well, dudes will just brake check, right? One thing I learned about computer games, right, or simulations, whatever you want to call them, people find a way. So it doesn't matter what you do. Now, the other thing is, it's kind of like on the road, right, insurance-wise, right, if someone jams their brakes on and you run into the back of them, it's, it's on you, right? Now, you can say, her brake lights weren't working, it was raining, they jammed on, it doesn't matter, right? And actually, when we do our race control events, uh, sorry, incidents, we have the same thing, right? If you make contact from behind, it's on you. And, you know, sometimes people will say, and I'm pretty sure me and Braden have actually had this conversation (laughs) (laughs) because we ran ran into the back of someone at Nürburgring. Oh, you know, I was off the throttle the whole time I was on the brake. You know, unfortunately, these things just don't matter, right? We don't speak of um,
2: Nuremberg, just (laughs) so. Now, the reason they do that, right, is
0: (laughs) because it's just way too hard to police. It's just way too hard. So, unfortunately, yes, it's, I'll be the first to admit, it's not fair sometimes, but, really, at the end of the day, the good racers, like, sort of make their way to the top. But the problem I found, right, was that, for me, a lot of the official races was, it was mostly a negative experience. And, like, I'm, i thought i was reasonably tolerant guy (laughs) until i got on (laughs) iRacing right and then i realized and i was like you know what it was actually like starting to affect me i was like you gotta sort this out because you know you just can't i don't have enough time in my life for stuff that's not fun right i try and keep it all positive so i was like you know i found my way to hosted racing obviously did a few leagues that was a lot better so then i just started figuring out you know what I'll uh, run a league, and I, I figured out by doing a few small things, right, like be even even just, like, making people fill out an entry form, right, there goes half the idiot factor right there. Um, we have a small fee, obviously $3 a week, which covers live broadcast and live race control. That $3 a week, there goes another half the idiot factor. So a few small things like that you can do make a big difference. Um, and so, yeah, really it was just because I just wasn't having a lot of fun, but I could see the potential was there, and I was like, there's got to be a bunch of guys out there that are just like me, who just want to race, and they will give room. Like, we still race hard, don't get me wrong, but you guys see, you know, it's pretty respectful. So, um, and it's more just about, um, you know, y- you have your own ideas for, like, stuff that you think will be fun, and sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong. Um, yep. But, yeah, that's really, and I've just, it's something I've kind of always done, it's just something I enjoy doing, like the organisation part of it. And, um, yeah, I've been good at it in the past. So that's really what led me to starting it.
1: Yep.
0: So what's it like running a league, I guess? Oh, um, <laughs> oh man, it's like having kids. I do that. like, <laughs> yep. I tell people when they ask me that, cause I do get asked occasionally, I say, however hard you think it is, right? Triple it. Hmm. Right. It's a lot more expensive than you think too. Now by that, what I mean is, like, I used to race real cars, right, so to me, sim racing is like cheap fun, really. Um, but having said that, you know, in the first 12 months, I'm in probably close to about 10 grand already, right? Now, most of that's been paid for by drivers because the fee covers part of it. But I think, like, in most of those series, you've got to get about 30 cars to break even and, like, you know, I make up the rest. There's a couple of people, um, shout out to Dennis Hancock, he gives me a few donations to help out stuff like that so yeah it costs more than you think um especially if you want to do it properly now here's the other thing too about it is um it changes quick like just even in the last 12 months like 12 months ago right you could start up a league with live race control and live broadcast and people all over it right now you guys know yourself and i'll be the first to admit i've done i've tried it. there's a couple of things i've tried they just haven't got any cars right no one showed up pretty much right and they were live broadcast live broadcast live race control so all of a sudden 12 months later that doesn't cut it anymore because you know everybody else has progressed as well the other thing is there's a lot more leagues out there like jay will tell you like you know in then last 12 months like tenfold kind of thing and See. a lot of them go through the similar kind of thing like Gentlemen's sim club i'll give them a shout out because i did a race with them about 12 months ago right and i'll be honest like it was pretty average like dudes ramming each other and all this kind of stuff right but those guys they knuckled down they did the work and by coincidence i'm actually doing race control for them for another business 247 race control on monday nights and i had two weeks in the gt3s like 30 35 cars not one incident so they went through the same process as everybody else you know they figured out okay you do this you do that so all of a sudden the bar's being lifted so yeah it, it's constantly changing it changes fast oh um you got to be super organized and i i wouldn't recommend it to people who don't like like a bit of the you know the, the back works kind of thing but yeah. other than that it's it's good fun you know and it's one of those things you know, i do enjoy doing events and organizing so you know it's satisfying especially like at the moment you guys know in the skippies like we've got to it's like the best kept secret on there i reckon because you know i'm so lucky to have like those you know 20 30 drivers in there because man you can go to a lot of leagues and you'll struggle to find 20 or 30 guys who can race together like that you know
1: yeah
2: and i think just like week after week as well not just you know one good race here and there and then a complete mess for the next three it's been pretty much consistent over three or four seasons now that the large majority of the field is able to race really close and have some hard battles and shake it off at the end of the day yeah Yeah, you're
1: you're never in fear of your car as much as you used to be in the first couple of seasons. Anyway. Well, that's mainly because I qualify away from you, Peter. Yeah, I know. That's it. We won't talk about that, <laughs> though, either. Because um, I think I've beat... No, I... we won't go there anyway. <laughs> <Not> yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the biggest challenge of running a league?
0: Um, probably, yeah, that's a really good question. Even though you gave me these questions yesterday, I thought about it today. That's a really hard question to answer, actually, because... Um, I don't know if there's anything to it. It's mainly people management, really. It's, it's more about... Look, if you're pretty organised, you'll be okay. But it's mainly about people management. The other thing is you've got to have the right motivation, right? Because um, people will see through it in a heartbeat if you don't have the right reasons, you know. And and I was just about close racing. But, yeah, There's nothing. there's nothing too hard about it. I would say be organised and it's, you know... Um, you've got to set your standard Whatever that may be And just stick to it you know, we, We've been lucky We've only really had One or two bad eggs In Skippies In six seasons And those guys They generally don't last anyway You know So Yeah there's, Yeah it's a bit of a tough question To answer But um, There's nothing too tricky But I'd love to know Like what people want Sometimes Because here's the thing too <laughs> Right You can do surveys And, then, and run a race And it, they won't, You won't get the same answers Kind of thing just because people say that's what they want, it's not necessarily what they'll do. I'm still trying to figure Ooh. a lot of that, a lot of that out, to be honest.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think well, we getting, we're only talking about this today, weren't we? Yeah. You know, yesterday, about even podcasting It's like we've got all these people listening, and it's really good. But getting to actually interact with us is is interesting.
0: Oh yeah, super <laughs> just... tricky. Like actually, that's one of the things I <laughs> tell people about leagues. You know, how you even how you communicate with people makes a big difference because if they have to do anything. To reply, you're not going to get a lot of feedback. So yeah, (laughs) that's
1: right. Human human behaviour.
0: It's a bit of a hobby of mine as well. Human psychology.
1: Shout out to everyone who has uh, reached out and done and given us questions and given us feedback as well. Though you guys are legends. Absolutely doing a great job. Um, What's your favourite part about Aussie car so far?
0: um, Yeah, probably just the the friends I've made. I reckon. Um, I've had so much fun racing, and you know, because I am just honestly i'm just like a racer through and through like when i was a kid before i had hot wheels or anything i used to race pegs around the clothesline so (laughs) i I would literally just race, and i just love racing i don't really care where i come these days that's not true but it is and it's mainly just the good fun you know i just yeah having yeah the amount of epic races i've had like with guys on there and yeah it's it's mainly just you know i could pretty much go anywhere in australia now and i would know someone or new zealand
1: Yep, definitely. Is there anything you wish you knew before you started Aussie car?
0: Um, mm, <laughs> how expensive it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was
1: going to suggest that as the as the answer before I even asked the question, uh, but I figured well,
0: it would be. It is and It isn't. And look, oh, one thing i say about the money—it sounds like a lot—but um, the other thing is it's spread over time. So, yeah. And like I said, I'm not I'm not rich or anything, right? But I've done okay. I'm not really racing real cars anymore, so you know I don't mind spending a little bit. On it, so to speak. So, um, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a really tough question. Um, we do yeah.
2: give the hard hitting stuff here on Lockdown Racing. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might
2: have
1: to pass on that one. <laughs> okay. So, I don't even remember writing this question in. This might have been Braden's one. But in an ideal world, what would you like to see Aussie Car turn into?
0: Um, yeah. Look, I just wanted to play. Well, actually, I should go back to because the other question you said before was the motivation main thing i yep. saw that was lacking in other leagues right was that they weren't really teaching people how to race um and there was a lot of like bad habits people and they just i see it just cultivating bad habits so a big part of you know the aussie car rule book it's designed around teaching people you know to be better racers. and i tell you what i got a little you know uh warm fuzzy when i heard Braden say that on the first podcast that you know he feels that's one thing aussie cars like really taught him and yeah so um that's one of the motivations and what you know how big would i like it to get look i don't really have any you know grand uh plans to like make it massive because however big it'll be it'll that'll be up to other people not me i would like to definitely run a few more classes but you know there's a lot of pretty much most of the cars out there there's someone doing it proper now you know um like it doesn't matter what car you like um so yeah, I would just like it to be a place you know where anyone can come, regardless of you know how fast you are, and that's one good thing about the Skippies um and the other stuff that special events we do. Doesn't matter how quick you are, there's someone to race, and just know that you're going to come and look. Okay, things are going to happen, but you know as best as possible we run to trying to make it like as close to the real thing as possible in terms of like you know and it's one thing I've learned about events over the years, right? I always used to say right to people. The people that are winning and the fast people, right, they're coming anyway, right? So you've got to tailor events to be a good experience to everybody from mid-pack down. Right? And if the guys down the back aren't having a good experience, they're not coming back. And that's one thing, one thing I will say about my league. While I do get less cars than some other leagues, you notice I have a much better retention rate. Like most people race all the way to the end of the season, whereas I notice a lot of other leagues by about halfway through... It's, like, down to 15 cars kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we touched on it before. You do some endurance races. What do you like about the endurance side of iRacing?
0: Yeah, they're the most fun, I reckon, actually. A couple of reasons, mainly because they're a team event. So shared success, I reckon. There's something about it.
1: Shared misery. It's cool
0: winning races by yourself, but it's also a lot more enjoyable sharing it with other people. Plus, you hang out on Discord, and you guys know what it's like. You've done one already, and, you know it's just like when you start that day right you couldn't possibly make up what is about to happen and I just love the fact that we know that, that
2: all too well just as Dennis Edcock
0: yeah every single race you will do in your life is like that that's what I love about racing yeah. you just never really kind of know so yeah the other thing is look I'm not the quickest guy I've never really been a good hot lapper right but like I said I've done okay over my real and sim career just by you know Um, Being smart and playing the percentages because I I realized early on when I first started racing karts You know like I was getting spanked by gaff by a second a lap and I'm like Okay, then I've got to figure out I've got to do all the little things that all the other drivers won't do and Just learn as much as I can about race car The other thing is I quickly discovered is that good mechanics that drive are generally pretty quick guys so if you figure out the mechanics of the car and you learn setups, and you understand that. And that's what I like about the endurance races. Like um, me and Stewie, we normally spend a good anything from two to four weeks, like working on a setup. And that's one tip I'll tell people out there too. Like these paid ones, right? You know, they're they're cool. I won't name names, but they they're cool. <laughs> but the thing is, right? That's what everyone else is doing, <laughs> right? And I got a yeah. saying in racing. I used to coach, like I do a bit of coaching too, right? And one of my sayings I used to say all the time, right, was. If you do what everyone else is doing, then you are everybody else, right? And, you know, um, I've had good success in a few different classes, and people have said to me, oh, how do you do that? How do you change class and get to the front? I say, it's a simple formula, right? You find out what the quick guys are doing, then you copy it, right? Don't try and reinvent the wheel, just copy it. Then try to improve on, break it all, all the parts of the process down and try and improve on each of those by a small amount. And if you can do that then generally you'll get to the front and so yeah. that's what i like about the endurance races they really reward that you don't have to necessarily be a hot lapper if you can be mistake free you can do all right and yeah they're just a lot of fun they're grueling as you know like but that's what yes. I, I like hard too because the more you do hard the easier easy will be will become you know but yeah. like you go back to the skippies yeah. after the dollar <laughs> and everything feels like it's in slow motion <laughs>
2: it's definitely something yeah, no, i found that i think yeah I was just, it's definitely something i found as well after driving those um hour you know hour plus stints i remember the first couple of times i went back and did a 25 minute skippy race it was like oh wow that was easy whereas beforehand yeah. like 25 minutes felt like it was on the limit of my concentration like i yeah. was sore i was you know all sweaty and hot and worked up because exactly. that's just all i'd done but after doing a few longer races now like 50 minutes doesn't feel so much anymore
1: yeah exactly yeah so always what's test what's
0: your yourself? dream track sorry um, oh sorry dream track um, real so you, want to, you want to see in iRacing oh in iRacing well I was going to say in real life I'd have to say Nürburgring's on my bucket list I would think that's probably the best track in the yeah, world yeah, to me yeah. um, so it's probably my favourite track on there but the one I'd love to see <coughs> um, a couple of fun ones I'll I'll I'd have to go Pike's Peak <laughs> Um yep. even though they bitumised it and ruined it But they could still, on the iRacing, they could do a dirt version, like, quite easily. Um, Or Isla Man. Because I reckon, even even in cars, it would be, like, I don't know if you've seen that YouTube video of the Subaru going around there. But, um, yeah, something like that would be fun. And then, obviously, they're probably never going to do them. So, I'll say, I'd like to see, obviously, a lot more Aussie tracks. It would be cool if we could have V8 series or you know even skippy series that were yeah. just all on aussie tracks and look here's the thing about iRacing too right people do complain they say well, right here's what you've got to remember right at some point they'll have every track right because yeah. if we all live to be about 70 or 80 right hopefully touch wood um at some point they're going to have more so they're all coming anyway you know it's incredible piece of software like for someone like me who came from space invaders like, to be able to even sit, like, in my lounge room and race Max Verstappen, like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. Even to this day, for this old boy, like, it's just mind-blowing, you know? Yeah, definitely.
1: Any other cars or features you'd like to see in racing?
0: Um, monster trucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, Some, people work. Some people drive like they're <laughs> driving monster trucks anyway, so... <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I went through it. Um, they pretty much got everything covered. I mean you could probably think of a few things here and there that'd be nice i'll see the formula v they put up i don't know if that's legit but (laughs) um that'll just be like a slow skippy but it could be a lot of fun it's very popular um especially in the uk i think it's the most participated class i'm pretty sure uh over there and it's obviously popular here because it's cheap but yeah i don't know really um i think they pretty much got it covered to be honest and look i'm not one of those people that complains about the service like i said because i've you know, I know what it was like when we had nothing um, so yeah, I think they pretty much got it covered Lo- I'd like to see more Aussie content definitely for sure, a few more Aussie tracks yep. and look, we got good tracks, you know there's good tracks, um like even Morgan Park, something like that you know, those more obscure ones, they'd be nice yeah, cool
1: and your best moment in racing so far?
0: um, yeah probably, well, probably my best win is I've won a 13-week Skip Barber Series, Division 9, I think it was, 2017. So that's probably my best win. Um, And I also got third in V8 officials, Division 7 one season. I haven't got a podium. One of my goals is I really want a podium in an endurance race. We've had fourth a couple of of times now and a lot of top tens. So I'd really like to do that. But, yeah, the Skippy one... um, and i should tell people real quick especially like for people that are like coming up the formula that i use same thing right i'm not that quick right but like i, I was about seven or eight hundred guys right and i had to, i had to beat them and i'll be honest with you right if i had to come second i would have been filthy because right? <laughs> three months work right like i don't do second do you know what i mean like i wanted to win i yeah. wanted one of those certificates on my wall so okay so here's what i did right i broke it down here's the process right i figured most of my lap times, right, I was only getting down to about a second, like, you know, when you get that last second, right? But it takes about five days. So what I would do is I would start practicing the track that comes up next Tuesday a week in advance. So when that track drops on Tuesday, right, I've already been doing it for five days. Same thing, I'm giving myself the maximum chance to be on the pace, because I know if you look at the results, right, it takes everyone a day or two to kind of get it dialed in, right? Um, The other thing is, they do the obviously you know the scoring works one in four if you do more than four yeah. races a. so i would just do the best splits that i could and practice and practice 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 so I'd get my times down so as soon as they open and then each week i generally only do four sometimes more if i got beat up a bit um and then just keep my best result from that and i just literally like i had a training program i was driving two hours every day i made myself just practice 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 um and i'm sure like i'll be interested to see what chris Purnell says when when he comes on but i'm pretty sure he'll say the same thing right so number one tip you can tell people about motor racing especially that last little bit that last little bit always takes like the longest you know so i basically just did that for like three months and stayed super clean you know if someone come up on me that was quicker i just let them go tried not to hit anything and yeah i ended up getting p1 by about three points which I worked out was like one car position (laughs) over 12 12 three months
1: yeah Jesus well done Well done. That is definitely a very good moment in iRacing. Uh, So since we've spent about 40 minutes on the interview part, we better move on to what (laughs) what we've been up to uh, in iRacing and what we've been watching this week, so the the rest of the podcast. Um, Thank you, Ira, though, for that time. That was really interesting, and I really loved having the chat with you. But you're going to hang around for the rest of the podcast. That's the main thing. Yeah, no worries. We are going to be talking a lot of Aussie car anyway because that's about all we've been up to this week. And can I say, Scops is uh was not on this week so we've got nothing to talk about there so that's for you ryan um let's start with let's see what brain brain's been sitting there doing nothing for a while um enjoying the listening what have you been up to for the last week mate yeah uh so sort of got back to getting
2: into the skiffies this week actually racing some in um officials which was nice so I only just tonight started practicing Fintalagos, which is tomorrow night, so that's probably not really ideal. So it'll be interesting
1: to see how that turns out. But so what Ira was saying about practicing for a week out—you just ignoring that good straight. Well, to, I
2: going. only got the advice just then. You know, give me a chance to implement it.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: So. Um, we obviously had last week's Enduro at Okiyama which we'll get into the results of those a little bit later um, so we did that but I don't think that happened, sorry, I can't remember that <laughs> um, but I did do about four races at Suzuka West in the Skippies over the Easter break which was um, really fun had some varying results um, they were all top split races which was really cool um, unfortunately I had my internet dropout in one where I was probably <laughs> sort of mid-pack in top split so I was sort of on track for a little bit of a gain um, and then another one I actually had someone, as Ira would know about, the the red mist had appeared uh, mm. in, in his uh, visor. So going into, I guess it's turn two on Suzuka West, the sort of right-hand 90-degree turn, he got rear-ended by someone um, and got spun around and ended up just in front of us. Um, and then we sort of followed him around for a lap and I got a good run on him out of turn one. Um, and then coming into turn two, I could see that he was just going to dive straight up the inside. So I lifted off, let him go through, but he rear-ended the car in front of me uh, and basically did the exact same thing that had just happened to him. So that was a bit annoying and that car <laughs> spun straight in front of me and unfortunately took me out of the race. So that was pretty frustrating, but the other two races went really well. So I managed to get an eighth as car 11 and then a fourth as car six, which was a really fun race. Um, actually streamed that race because I didn't stream on Thursday. I wasn't feeling too well. But the two fastest guys in that uh, race were like 4K I rating and I actually managed to lead a few laps because they sort of had a bit of uh, a battle a little bit too hard early uh, but then got, got yep. back on my tail and sort of just stalked me for a few laps and then ran away with it by about six or seven seconds. But I actually really enjoyed the West track um, which was really fun. I know we did the East track for Aussie car um, but I actually really enjoyed the West track, so hopefully that gets chucked up in the uh, Aussie Car series soon, Ira.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the reason why we didn't do that, well, I'll have to double check, but the pit limit because um, yeah. it's only I gotta I want to say twenty five cars, but I yeah. um, got a feeling they might have updated that.
2: Okay, cool. Because um,
0: they're going through them slowly. There is a lot of tracks that only have like short pit limits because yeah. they're short tracks and they use the alternative pit.
2: Yeah, because I didn't even realize there was a pit lane there, so that was a bit of a surprise. Mm. But it's a, it's a really fun track. Like it's got a bit of a mix of you know those slow right uh, ninety degree sort of turns. There's the quick ninety degree turns. There's still the um, the hair hairpin, and then you got spoon, which is that sort of fast flowing one. And there's still enough draft to make it quite interesting as well. So that was pretty fun. Um,
0: I didn't know the, one of the best tracks on there, Suzuka, I reckon.
2: Yeah, I did an oval
1: race, <laughs>
2: which was something yeah, wow. I had not done it in a while. So. <laughs>
1: I've been... What are you doing with it? Who is this guy? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I don't know. I'd gone down the YouTube rabbit hole and had caught up on the um, Arca Break videos, which if anyone hasn't seen, uh, go check out. Uh, if you just type in Arca Break on YouTube, you'll find it. It's basically a guy that just uh, takes the voice chat from um, some bottom split uh, Arca Series races and puts... Uh, a, a recording of the video and just listens to everyone trash talk each other but puts it to a background of classical music it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> um so after watching that i was like you know what? i want to have a go at some uh arca racing i'm a d class so fit uh, worked out per- perfectly but then i kind of instantly regretted my decision because it was at lanier or lanier or whatever they call <laughs> it which is yeah. so small and tight Um, So I just assumed I was going to get punted left, right and center, but I actually ended up managing to get a third place, (laughs) which was, which was really cool. So um, it was a really fun race. I led for about half of it, um, but a guy that started car number one, that started last, I guess he didn't qualify, uh, ended up catching me and um, then I got punted a couple of times in the rear by lapped cars, thankfully not enough to spin, but enough to let the third place overtake me. So I ended up in third, um, but yeah, it was actually it was actually kind of fun. Like it it did remind me that I actually don't hate ovals and I shouldn't avoid them as much yep. as I normally mm-hmm. do. So yeah, how about yourself?
1: Well, I've been going down that oval rabbit hole as well. We'll, we'll get onto Skippies and and other stuff in a sec, but yeah, I, I had a we, after the we podcast last week, I got back onto the Super Speedway, the iRacing Super Speedway in the in the trucks in the Gander Series, and um was a lot more confident but still not confident enough like it's still my problem Any sorry so serious as soon as I'm behind someone if I feel like they're going to if I'm going to hit them or anything like that or they're coming up behind me they're going to hit me I get out of the way and in trucks when you're trying to keep momentum up that's not the best thing but I tried to be a bit more positive this time and we got to the final caution I think we actually went um, green white checker because it was that close to the end we got the, the final caution and I was, had a straight car a straight truck, sorry, and um, which and that's all you can ask for. Like uh, I've got a car that's going well; the tires were still good, and I was up in the top ten or top f- f- six, I think, actually, going to the final um, green white checker. And and then one of the guys has actually pulled out. Oh, that Peter guy behind me—he's been fast. Look out for him. And I'm like that. I uh, haven't said a thing the whole race. What uh, people and uh, like I felt like I had momentum, and then. I, I did the same thing. I, I balked at someone, let them pass, lost momentum, lost the race by 0.25 of a second. <laughs> wow. But came eighth. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There were seven other cars between me and the front of the line in a quarter of a second. It was phenomenal finish. So, uh, really, really good fun. And then I, I, I got back in there today and they're at Chicagoland this week. So, first time trying that out and felt like I was about a second off the pace. Quickly played with brake bias just before the race started and found it found a little groove that, that saved me a little bit of time and all of a sudden I was on pace once again kept the car straight guy spun in front of me but he blinked in and out I think he blinked out as I went through him and then blinked back in just as I went past him so no damage but got 4x out of it <laughs> and once again got to the final we got green white um checker Again, sitting in the top ten with a straight car, good tires because we just we had a caution beforehand. We topped to got uh, fresh tires, and what I found is too because we had a long stretch of green in the middle. My tires were actually a lot better than everyone else's, so obviously I'm okay with tire management in the trucks. And because all of a sudden there'd be people you'd be following, them all of a sudden they just start drifting off because they got no grip on the corners. Shout out Nathan Verney. And uh, but yeah, like Verney, I, I thought there was a few Vernies in this race, but. <laughs> It was good, because then all of a sudden I was in the top six or seven, and holding my own, Then everyone got fresh tyres, and, and I was sort of dropping off again, and then, yeah, green-white checker, end up coming eighth, I think it was, with a car of, like, I think I was actually number three, because it was a fairly low split, but, you know, I was sitting at 16, 17 of a 20-pack most of the time, so coming home in eighth with a straight car was pretty pretty happy, so until the guy rear-ended me after the finish line and got me another 4X. That was 8X um, for the race. Um, But yeah, definitely enjoying the trucks and the ovals again, and I'll I'll get an Xfinity race in sooner or later once I get my... um, Sorry, I was going to say, say, there's a lot of good
0: hosted oval races, because I do a lot of oval racing, actually. Most people don't know that, but that's actually what I'm not bad at, because it's mostly um, strategy... With a bit of technique, yeah. Whereas yeah. road Entire, is actually yeah. mostly mostly technique, with a bit of strategy. Oh, um, yeah. So oval, but there's a lot of good hosted ones. You do them and then you get a feel, because a lot of it's just about how to follow, and how to move up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I tried V8s on um on ovals one stage, but <laughs> cleared out of that first time, yeah. <laughs> about halfway through, and it was a caution every five minutes, and I'm just like, this what is not for me. What but... class
0: are you in, oval? Uh, B. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. So, yeah, okay. yeah, so I'm only about 1300 i rating, but I'm enjoying it, and I do like the strategy of it, and definitely the the fuel consumption and the tire tire wear, the tire wear in particular is something you don't think of too much. Oh yeah. uh, In road racing, until because everyone sort of wears around the same time, unless you're Nathan Verney. Um, so <laughs> you got to stop that. You're all. <laughs> we do. Um, but yeah, it, it makes a difference on oval, and you can see obviously iRacing has spent a lot of lot more money on the oval side of things because that's where their biggest audience is and you can see you know they've got the pit crew jumps out and changes your tires uh, and that just that bit of immersion is is way better i love
2: the sound of them changing the tires as well i don't know why but just something about that sound (laughs) just makes me feel like i'm at a (laughs) racetrack
1: yeah definitely so no i've been really enjoying it so hopefully do more trucks and then i'll i'll you know, get my confidence up and we'll have a have a race by the end of a season and I'll jump in and, and do a do a league somewhere and see how we go. But just still learning the craft. But um obviously Interlagos this week is officials and a source of Aussie car so I'm using that chance to race yep. in um, the officials this week to get my practice for Aussie car and had an absolute shocker yesterday and today. Both times I had a phone call from work just before either during qualifying or just before the gridding. Uh, and today was a, a, a actual thing where I took the phone call and went, okay, I've got two minutes. I've just got to quickly say something and get off. Press grid up, made the phone call, and then everyone gridded up. And like 20 seconds later, it was <laughs> lights were starting to go. And I'm like, ah, quick, I've got to go. See ya. That never happens and, as um, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it never happens. So I missed the start completely. I went from sixth back down to about 13th by the first corner, which I at Lagos. that first corner, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden, a couple corners in, I think it's so four, the little, the double left-hander at the end of the straight. Uh, all of a sudden, I hear Justin Howe on the radio abusing someone after I got net coded off the track almost. <coughs> and I'm like, oh, what was it, me, Justin? He goes, no, no, it wasn't you. And um, he had a guy just decide to go straight there as he's turning and take him uh-huh. out. I've had a guy rear-end me, and then the guy behind me drifted into my net coded tyres about a tyre width, width off me which didn't give me any damage, but spun him, and there was just chaos. But ended up coming home seventh, um, feeling like I was almost back on the track. But we talked about it for the podcast. It's the first time I've seen a just a really foggy track in a long time. So I uh, kept the temperatures down around the 24s. The first time I was racing into Lagos, and it actually said temperature is decreasing, <laughs> about lap two or three in. And yeah, the lap times we had to keep really low, but had a good battle with a guy called Tacker uh, for most of it. Most of the time I was just getting out of his draft to try and sort of um not overtake him but not running up the rear if he broke early and then he sort of broke early and then I'd end up diving down the inside of him accidentally and we'd end up battling around corners I'm like mate I'm not trying to fight you I'm trying to draft with you but yeah he didn't listen we kept on fighting the whole way around he ended up getting getting ahead of me in the end so but yeah that and the one yesterday was I started not enough fuel because I didn't change it because I was thinking about the phone call from work and Uh, Then spun three times, took someone out, had a terrible race yesterday and got like 13th, lost 50 I rating points. And want to forget about that, but that's the official stuff I've been doing. We'll talk about the Aussie car stuff I've been doing in the results. Ira, what have you been racing in the last week?
0: Yeah, well, I am actually back doing officials. Um, I haven't done them for about two or three years. And this season, I actually just thought, you know what, I'll go back. Mainly because... um, I'm getting to that point now where i sort of want to be in the top split you know <coughs> and before yep. um when i was on there i was just wasn't good enough and i actually thought to myself you know what go away for a couple of years come back which is pretty much what i've done so yeah i've been doing the skippies yep. each week and i've been going okay being beat up a couple of times but i normally aim for if i get top three in the second or third split or win right, first, second or third or in the top split or generally sort of like around fifth to tenth I normally get enough club points because that's really what I'm trying to do build a championship uh, again yep. and I'm, I'm sitting about sixth already like after uh, about seven or eight hundred nice. people after three weeks and I haven't won a race yet I've, I've got a couple of seconds and thirds but, but yeah I had a couple of good races at Okuyama just stayed clean and those what you were saying before about that first turn stuff—you got it. That's what part of the trick of the sim racing. One of the adjustments I had to make too, right? Because at the start, people were running into me, right, and I'm like, you know, these dudes are crashing into me, and then I have got dudes on the forums saying to me, "It's all you." I'm like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. You know what I mean? Because I come from real-life yeah. racing, but then I realized, no, you're know They're actually right. So what you got to do is yeah. you got to anticipate that that dude's coming up the inside, and he's going to dive bomb. Get out of the way. The other thing is what you were saying about following close. When I approach a braking zone, I have a rule. Generally, I just don't overlap. Unless I really know that guy ahead of me and I know exactly where he's going to brake, I don't have that. Because the problem is with the sim, the internet, you know, all that, it's not like real life where you can't just, you know, react real quick. There is going to be some kind of delay. So, yeah, part of the trick of being a good sim racer is anticipating those those people coming and once i kind of changed my attitude a little bit i found you know i started getting a lot better results
1: yeah definitely Uh, the first thing i do if i see someone going silly i just let them go fast yeah that's it we um had it on the weekend actually in aussie car tin top cups i don't know how far i want to go into that we may as well uh, is that all you've been racing
0: uh i do the ovals i should say as well yeah i do cup cars and Xfinities, um and same thing I've been sort of getting yeah a couple of I think I had a win in the, the Xfinity's um, and the Cup cars um, they were at the Super Speedway so yeah that's not um, once you know how it's you can, you, they're normally pretty easy to actually be in the top couple and a lot of that is just survival um, but Chris Pernell will be able to give you a lot better tips about ovals than me. <laughs> You're
1: giving away our guests actually if you've been watching us on Twitter yes Chris Purnell's next week. um <laughs> We, we we won't plug him too much. He he's already got he's already famous enough out there. We don't need to do that <laughs> anymore. But yeah, no, he'll give us heaps of heaps of pointers. But I guess we'll get into the results. And I I, I was talking about the uh, the Easter Tin Top Cup GT3 versus V8s over the weekend. Um, I want to start there because that's my highlight of the week, <laughs> and I don't want to talk it's, about anything else. It's other, all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, you did really yeah, well, well, mate. Well done. Yeah, definitely. It was it was funny because there was a story I've got to tell. Was I was sitting there on the on the grid and I was talking to some people in the same Discord as I was, and the people who were actually um, uh, watching the stream. And I uh, said, um, "Let's let's watch out for that certain V8 car that's behind <laughs> me from practice. Let's just let them pass and they will make a mistake in the first couple of corners. And sure enough, turn two, they went flying off into the dirt and was never seen from again so that wouldn't have been the car that rear-ended
2: you coming out of the pits would
1: it (laughs) no i didn't get oh yes it was it was that guy yes (laughs) in the practice yeah um so yeah and there just happened to be the the person behind me on the grid and i'm just like yeah nah i'm good i'm out that'll be fine we won't go there so um yeah and i had a really good result obviously came as as i said i came fourth best Ferrari on the track and it was one of those things we were talking about before of it was just me I was two seconds a lap slower than everyone else Uh, I I knew that I wasn't going to get any faster than that but I decided last minute because I was trying to go to the Lambo and um just decided last minute that I definitely wasn't safe enough in the Lambo and I definitely um wasn't going to compete by by spinning off i just i needed to actually uh, be you know staying on the track to have any chance and then i realized i was using three three uh liters a lap in the lambo and then i jumped in the ferrari and i was only using 2.6 liters hmm. a lap and i'm like well there's 0.4 of a liter a lap i'm gonna definitely save either time in the pits or maybe even a stop and so i went with that and it came down to the end of the race and a few people had to, to duck in at the last minute and take fuel and the safety car had obviously brought us together so that meant you know 20-30 seconds and two seconds a lap doesn't really matter when you've got to spend 20-25 seconds in the pit to grab some fuel and yeah got fourth best Ferrari and kept a clean race 1x over an hour and 50 minutes so yeah, it's very good um, I wasn't wasn't expecting that at all but Ira you race control how did you enjoy the easter tin top
0: Cup. yeah it was actually a really good race to watch um would have liked probably had a few more cars obviously but easter and all that yeah. um we still had a good field there and like i said it was actually with a little bit more tweaking i reckon that v8 gt3 things got potential because um, daniel he drove the absolute wheels off that v8 and <laughs> um you know even in the guys because i realized in testing you know, if you get a good driver in a V8, he's actually going to be quicker than most GT3 drivers, or about the same, yeah. you know. Uh, would have been nice, if, like I said, to have a few more V8s, but um, a bit of tweaking, because there was a couple of cars that did have a bit, you know, could run a bit longer on fuel, but it's one of these things you don't really know until you run a race and get a bit of data, and Luke Swan, um, who won, he obviously did a oh, good wow. job, because most people don't realise, well, you, I don't know if you guys know, but he pitted under green. So where everybody took yeah, their so fuel stops under safety car, but he decided to take one under green, and for a, a good sort of third of the race, maybe even longer there, he was sort of sitting back, um, but yeah, he knew there was going to be another safety car before the end, and there was, with about was like about half an hour to go, and then, yeah, his strategy paid off, so that's quite interesting, I thought, that the fastest way was actually not pitting under each safety car, but hitting once under green. Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I noticed that he was obviously up front for ages, and at one stage he was going to lap me, and then all of a sudden I found him behind me, mm. and yeah, he wasn't catching up too much, and I thought, oh, okay, this, this is interesting. But he was obviously fuel saving back there, and yeah, he knew what he was just, doing. You know, <laughs> yeah, looking after himself. Because then all of a sudden it was that last safety car, and he just flew just absolutely vanished from, from where where I was. So. The um, um, official results for that one
2: ended up Luke Swan as you said coming first Tim Korn uh, coming second so another Aussie car Skip Barber driver um, around the ranks there Luke Swan not in the Skip Barbers at the moment and Dennis Hancock managed to bag himself a podium um, as well which was really good to see.
0: That was pretty good because he got, he the, got turned a around on the first one.
1: Yeah, and he had a short splash and dash right right at the end too, which sort of, um, he was leading, I believe, at that stage because I'm pretty sure yes. Jim was telling me the leaders just pitted and I'm like, ooh, got very excited there and he just jumped out of pit lane just as I crossed the finish line. I'm like, damn it, missed out. But yeah, no, he had, a, had an amazing drive in the Lamborghini I think he was in, so very well done to Dennis. And now he's sidelined with some uh, steering wheel problems yeah, at the moment. Although I did see
2: him in the Aussie car practice earlier, so hopefully he managed to sort something out maybe.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. That's very good news. But yeah, so very, very good result. So Daniel was the, the number one V8 from, even though he had to the pit there at the end, I believe. Yeah, There was a lot of V8s yeah. in there. Yeah, I think the very track temps
0: um, as well. When I noticed when the track gets hot, it affects the V8 more than the GT3s. I think they probably cost him a bit at the end there, but yeah. yeah cool.
1: So other thing that we did during the week was the Aussie cars at Yeah, so I was going to say
2: probably a little bit uh, too much about your triumphs, Peter, and it'd probably be a bit more appropriate to start talking about where things didn't go so well. (laughs) So um, I... Where did you qualify? Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to start by saying it was kind of back to (laughs) uh, normal scheduling, except with a little bit of a twist this time around, where I did manage to finally get back in front of you after that week of um, disruptions, but it didn't go well in qualifying. So I I only managed to set... uh, I think I managed to set my best lap on the last lap, but it was looking like my first lap was going to be my best lap pretty much all the way up until the last turn. So I don't think I qualified well at all. I think I was down in P14 or... think i was 14 and my teammate nathan was down in 16 um but it was actually a really really fun race um you know was it (laughs) well depending on what car you were sitting in (laughs) so started off um pretty pretty hot into the first corner and then um on lap one i'm pretty sure it was uh daniel headershide came together with oh i forget which car it was now going into the tim Tim, yeah heading into that right hander and i i saw him sort of come together and tried to get onto the inside to get away from him and um, thought Daniel was going quite slow so I thought I would easily be able to get up the inside but he probably wasn't going quite as uh, slow as it first thought so I was sort of up his inside um, and it seemed like we made contact I thought we did but when I went back and had a look at the replay it was um, a bit of netcode and actually messaged him after the race and he said he didn't even realize that we made contact he thought he'd just spun so um, that was sort of nice to see. Um, but from there, it was sort of all up. I lost the draft a little bit uh, early. uh couldn't quite stay on the back of um, Dennis Hancock, I think it was. But by the time the safety car came out, which was quite early, um, managed to jump, I think it was uh, Mark Jeffrey or... It's either Mark Jeffrey or uh, Darren Lasue in the pits, which was nice. So managed to gain a pit uh, spot in the pits and then had pretty much a a massive battle with um, uh, one of your 111 cars, um, Jason Fuens, for most of the second half of the race. He had a bit of an incident that put him behind me. Thankfully, uh, one of the Milo cars did Milo car things and decided to take out (laughs) Alex John and and himself. Um, That was Russell Clark. Uh, So that gave us a bit of a a boost up as well and it looked like jason and i were going to be sort of fighting for maybe a third if we're able to stay with um Chastie. but uh we couldn't stay with him and we ended up uh finishing six alex john managed to catch us up and teammate nathan went from 16th to 7th as well which was really good to see uh, but there was some good there was some good finishes all the way through the field i think maybe dean russell might have had his best finish i think in 11th i think that would probably one to... of his better finishes um and the battle at the front was really good with Ben Snell and McKellar like it's been all throughout I think the broadcast was really well done um this week because there was a lot of
1: good racing yeah shout out to Jay with the best commentary i have had all season as well so <laughs> good having him, him on the, in the commentary box for so sure. what went wrong for you Peter ah um, uh, well yeah okay um look I actually had speed to start with and that was really interesting I was, I was keeping Nathan Verney behind me and um Dean Russell, as we just mentioned, was was in front of me and we were sort of having a fairly good battle where Nathan couldn't get in my strip slipstream and I couldn't quite get past Dean. Uh, Scott then came out after his unfortunate uh, dropout, so he was three laps down, so his computer had died like yours and then yep. come back up and three laps down and then jumped into the fray as well and I think that sort of balked me a little bit and um, him and Dean were definitely fighting and I, I did that thing where I'm just going to break a little bit earlier, let these guys have it at turn one. And then all of a sudden I saw Dean's gearbox coming straight at me at, a, <laughs> at a, a terrible rate and I'm like, what have I done here? How have I misjudged you so bad? Put on the brakes and then as we're talking about rear contact, I, I, I'm trying to avoid rear contact as much as I can so I pulled to the right and then spun it and somehow spun it luckily across the apex. Nathan Verney somehow missed me I don't still don't know how but unfortunately what I'd done is I'd left a trail of smoke behind me and then Shield Crawford had come around the corner through the smoke and I'd Gone back to neutral instead of first, had revs going, so I couldn't get it back into first, and he cleaned me up because he couldn't see me. There was nothing. With that new smoke
2: bottle, you just can't see anything when you're coming up to it. It's
1: crazy. (laughs) I I watched the broadcast and I'm like, how did he not? How did he not get around me? And then I looked, watched the broadcast, and I'm going, oh yeah, cool. That's exactly what I would have done too. So, um, yeah, I just just that slip into if I'd have slipped into first instead of neutral, I would have been fine. I would have been moving again. Would have got off the track. Would have been fine. But just, you know, panicking and, and all that so, kind of stuff. But, you know, safety car got me back into it. The stupid thing about the safety car is I had to tow. And, <laughs> I saw um, this, yeah. Two two minutes to tow me in, and then all of a sudden the safety car's come out with 55 seconds to go, and the tow's gone back out to two minutes. And I'm like, oh, And fuck. then didn't you get a penalty because you were pitting when the pit lane was no.
2: closed or something? Or you exited when it was yes, closed? Yes, I or, did. Yeah. That's
1: right, I did. <laughs> yeah, I got I'm pitting under... Because uh, the toe came in, I was at the pit to close. <laughs> so I got a penalty for that. Yeah. I'm like, this is not my night. So then raced around. Luckily, got the wave around, got the black flag cleared, and then got to the tail of the field, and then started afresh. <laughs> uh, was racing really well. Was back around sort of that eleventh spot again, and and feeling pretty good. And then, for the life of me, just went, oh, I've got a pit here because I'm not going to enough fuel. So I jumped into pits and and figured i wasn't getting anywhere with the cars in front so i'll jump in now get some clear air and try and get past them with it with an undercut um went into my pit box went oh quick tires quickly change tires off and all that kind of stuff and pulled in the pit box stopped and then it's gone okay you're good to go (laughs) and i'm like no no i haven't got fuel yet and but i put the foot down already so i'd left my box Uh, somehow I'd turned off my fuel I don't know how because it's automatically on so I didn't even check it I didn't even go to that screen to check it because it's automatically on so uh, I don't know so I basically gave myself a stop go penalty and then had to go around and then come back in and get fuel again which there's 30-40 seconds gone so that was the end of me so me and Mark Jeffrey had a bit of a battle at the end but and he ended up getting the better of me because I think my my setup was a little bit off. I changed setups last minute and I sort of was good to start with. Like I said, I was keeping up with Nathan Verney or, keep, or, or keeping him at bay at the start, which is different for me. I usually take a while to get up to pace, but at the end I just felt like I had no pace. So, so um, I think that's, that was the change I made. Which I shouldn't have in the end. So, so. the official
2: results from that one uh, Ben, Smell, oh. ben yeah. Smell, that's not very. Ben Snell, apologies, Ben. <laughs> ben Snell took first place from Alex McKellar and Chastanoff in third. Uh, Alex John and Jason Fuens rounding out the top five. And that was a pretty good comeback from Alex, who was, well, uh, Alex John, who was, yeah, hit by Russell pretty early. So, he managed to fight his way all the way back up to fourth. And that leaves us with Ben Snell first place uh, on 295 points Alex McKellar on 277 in second so he's got a nice handy lead there and then James Chastanoff in third on 275 and where it gets interesting is the mid-pack now um, so Nathan Verney fourth 258 Russell Clark fifth 254 then Sean, Jason Fuence, Dennis Hancock all tied for six on 243 <laughs> and then myself on 239 yeah. so from um, you know Basically, Russell uh, down so fifth down to ninth is about 14 points, so 15 points, so sort of can go any way from there. And then the teams' points, and then about 100 points back is down. Yeah, the yeah then the teams' points: uh, Van Diemen Racing, 549 points. They're going to be hard to catch now with my misfortune um, a couple of races ago. Uh, they are first from Sharp EIT by Tech One uh, on 497, and White Knuckle Racing, which is Dennis Hancock and Sean Doyle, in third on 486.
1: Well done to all involved. I'd ask Ira for your opinions on the race, but we're sort of running a little bit long, long on time. Yeah, Was no. there any highlights in that for you, though? No, I sucked. Anyway, <laughs> so don't worry about
0: it. I literally hey, we'll I we'll spun there. every there. lap on quali, started dead last, got up to about 12th or 14th, and then the safety car came early, then I ran into Murray-Jeffrey on the restart, just ran out of talent. Hit the back of him, broke a wheel, and then had to do a splash and dash at the end. I think I finished last. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's
1: okay. You weren't many behind me then, so you'll be right. So, look, we'll we'll quickly jump into Ann's car trucks. Uh, they The the no-cup this week, uh, but the trucks did race, and I'll just do a quick rundown uh, because the end of the race was pretty uh one sided. Uh so Chris Purnell, our guest for next week, uh took pole and, and led for most of the race or oh, for most of the start of the race. Uh him and Michael Skurlock, his teammate, uh were one two there for a while. But Andrew Dyson basically came from where he was and, and got up to him. Uh had a bit of a ten lap battle uh with Purnell before finally getting past Purnell uh at turn one and then went on to win the race by seventeen seconds. Oh, wow. Uh, over Chris Pernell's second, uh, and then Neil Pearson got his way up to third, so helping out that championship position for him and Luke Trahar, as always, in that top five in fourth, and Aaron Major coming in fifth. Uh, no actual major incidents from that race, which is really good and well done, everyone. Um, but that leaves the standings now. Uh, Stephen Williams still with a commanding lead because of obviously... Uh, all nine races over. Luke Trahar in second. Uh, so that's a sixty-point gap, sixty-five-point gap on, from two seventy-nine down to two fourteen. Uh, Riley Curtis, who I seemed to, you know, I am watching the end of the broadcast, and he seemed to be spinning on every corner. But uh, just, uh, just shows how hard those things are to drive around the Circuit of America. So really, you know, getting these things around anything other than a left-hand turn <laughs> um, with with the tire wear that they have is is. A really hard job, but he's holding down third really well. Cade Donnelly uh, in fourth, alongside Matthew Raymond, equal there for fourth place. Ruben Phelps in, in sixth. Uh, and Scurlock uh, jumps up a spot well into seventh, and uh, that second place for Chris Purnell gets him up uh, to ninth, uh, up four places, but keep in mind he's only competed in six of the nine races so far, so he's three races mm-hmm. off. Uh, but only about 130 points off the lead. So, actually 109 points off the lead. So, well done. Uh, We'll have more to talk about next week with that. uh, Ryan Jones was, I think, at the the sixth hour, so he didn't actually get to compete uh, on Monday night. Unfortunately, a bit of a busy man. So, Um, other than that, there's one other series that I need to give a shout-out to. So, if you want to go to In2Sim, which is IN, the number two, and then Sim, Esports network. Uh, this is one that Aiden Schultz from Anne's Cars uh, has started up for Friday nights. If you're interested, uh, we'll be starting uh, fairly soon with round one. Um, so, this is going to be a bit of a different race type each week. So, they're doing NASCARS as round one around Indianapolis, 80 laps, 75% fuel. Uh, then, they're doing the Watkins Glen boot in an IndyCar round two, uh, 40 laps in that, and Aldora. 10-lap uh, heats uh, in the Dirt Midgets in Round 3, so this is every Friday, and then they go to Miami in the NASCAR Cup car. Uh, the Legends around Bathurst, and then Lanyard in um, the same another uh, dirt street stock. Uh, Chicago Land in the V8s, which will be interesting, 130 laps and 75% fuel. Uh, Laguna Seeker Porsches, uh, the Porsche RSR. Um, and then so on there's a 12 week series there so if you're interested go to the Facebook page there's a link to the Discord jump in the the Discord there it's going to be a live broadcast uh, and also trophies and individual and team championships and everything like that so go check all that out every Friday starting the 23rd and I'll just give a a quick shout
2: out to the Gentleman Sim Racing Club that I was talking about earlier we'll try and get a bit of a write up for the next week for them as well I know their season just finished uh, for the multiple championships yeah. so we're just working on getting something organised and we'll try and get some results and give some shout outs to the winners of those leagues um, before next season Definitely. it's off in a, about a week and a half I think
1: Yeah. and if you want to get your results put on in our podcast let us know on contact us at LockedOnLads.com or jump in the Discord which is always at LockedOnLads.com slash Discord jump in there and you can feed us the info directly or hit us up on the Facebook page Locked On Lads. so um, but definitely, we're gonna, like I said, running late. <laughs> we'll jump into the news, uh, which I thought there's not much news this week. Sweet, there's a little patch on the 31st of March, and there's some banner improvements. Uh, there's some improvements to the, it's all UI stuff. Results, uh, the settings are getting changed, test drive resolved. Um, uh, the, sorry, resolving an issue with damage values, and then uh, up next. There's all little stuff we didn't really need to talk about, and then all of a sudden I log in today to do into Lagos and there's a patch <laughs> and said patch is basically working on the new damage model once again so thank you iRacing for really making this a priority and, and working hard to get it fixed it, other than uh, looks fix an issue where sparks could appear to stretch when using some replay cameras and the physics of the chain this is what I like because I saw a video during the week of the one of the NASCAR's I think it was the ARCA car's actually on the dirt Bristol and it actually got up on the chain fence <laughs> and kept on driving and overtook the people around the outside <laughs> when it hopped up off the wall. Um, they fixed the problem with the change fence stiffness and dampening, damping uh, where, where they have been reduced to prevent drivers riding the walls and driving on the fence. So shout out to actually who found that out accidentally and then used it to their advantage but uh, shout out to iRacing for fixing that as well. But um, Basically, they're reinstating the new damage model on a lot of the cars that uh, they did pull it away from, which includes the Arca, uh, the NASCAR Chevrolet, uh, the Ford Thunderbird, the old 1987 uh, NASCARs. Um, But also, if we scroll down, the main one we're obviously interested in is the Skippy Barbers have had a major rework or refix up. So the new damage model, uh, several adjustments have been made, including wheel strength, Have been adjusted. Wheel yield limits have been adjusted to allow minor damage more easily. Uh, Vertical brake limits uh, on wheels have been reduced. Broken wheels are easier to detach. It's interesting. (laughs) Um, Noise and rear wheel uh, vehicle stiffness has been increased, but the areas remain fragile. Fix an issue where the hanging nose could behave erratically and spring dampeners may now break independently from wheel mounts. So what do you guys think of that? We'll start with you, Braden.
2: Yeah, I haven't had enough time to really test it out and see what it's all about, but any step is a good step in the right direction just about at the moment. Um, I think most stuff seems like it's been, like, for instance, the wheels are easier to detach. Well, you know, that's a minor problem. If your wheel is broken enough that it's about to detach, you're already (laughs) already in trouble anyway. But I think um, the main one for me is just that nose... And rear vehicle stiffness has been increased, but like they said, it still remains fragile. So, that was probably the biggest problem that I've had so far. Is just like, you know, even that crash I had at Suzuka West, um, where I ran into the guy in front of me, like beforehand, I'd normally be able to at least limp back to the pits and get my fast repair, but like I just had zero steering, um, which meant I obviously had to tow. So, um, yeah, hopefully that gives a little bit more, just a little bit more strength to those cars. At the end of the day, they're open wheelers though. So, don't don't have contact yeah,
1: that's it <laughs> there's no more salt to rub in the wounds than when you have a, a crash and you think it's a minor thing but you got a to toe and you lose yourself so much yeah, more time it. but Ira you're obviously running a league with Skippy Barbers Is, what do you think of those changes
0: <clears throat> yeah it's been good obviously because you know guys know we had a few issues definitely and <clears throat> I did get the patch but I haven't had much of a chance to run it so yeah pretty just much mirror what Braden said um, seems good for me on the uh, outlook and yeah, hopefully... Uh, and the good thing is, like you said, I thank iRacing because they're constantly working on these things and, you know, it's amazing, like, um, you know, back in the day you'd have to wait another year for the next version of the game to come out, kind of thing, you know? Yep. So, yeah, no, it looks good to me. I had a good read through a lot of the notes and phenomenal amount of work they're getting through. And the damage model seems to be just getting better and better all the time. The other thing is, like you said, open wheelers, just that's a good thing about the skippies. They teach you to pass without leaning i think that's part of the problem with racing. a lot of people come in there because in real life you don't well generally you don't start in tin tops you know you start in carts or something like that where you you learn how to pass you know
1: yeah no definitely um yeah it's, it, that's what definitely what uh, skippy barbers have taught me is not not to hit anyone else on the track especially going around corners <laughs> and giving them plenty of width so yeah, I'm trying to do my best still. But, look, that wraps up the majority of the podcast. I Look, we've got a segment here, but we're not going to get time to do that. There's no chance. Um, we will, In a couple of weeks' time or whenever we get a chance, we're going to start talking about some of the um, software that we sort of use on the side. Uh, so go into sort of the third-party software that we use to help us get better at iRacing. So if you have any that you guys want us to talk about or suggest hit us up on those places where i talked to before the email contact us at locked lads or in the discord um the locked dot com slash discord just quickly ira is there any ones that you want to shout out before we move on
0: um no not really just want to thank you guys and just say um great idea to have the podcast i think it's been long overdue in australia and I know a few people have talked about it, but um, as, as you guys already know, it's a reasonable amount of work. And um, no, I, th- I think it's good. I look forward to um, in the future and just want to thank you guys for having me on. i um, flattered to be the first guest on here. So yeah, just want to say thank you. No problems.
1: Where can people find you and Aussie, obviously Aussie Car and anything like that that you want to plug? Yeah, easiest,
0: easiest place. Yeah, I should plug Aussie Car. Easiest place is just Facebook. Um, we are on Discord as well, but if you just come on Facebook and shoot me a message, I can send you the Discord link, because Discord's funny, I don't know, you do searches and you can't find stuff. So yeah, the best place is Facebook, and then most of the drivers end up coming in the Discord and chatting there. Um, and yeah, we're running the Skippies at the moment, a couple of weeks left for this season, then I've already been getting messages every other day about Season 7, so should have the tracks finalised by the last week, and... I've got something pretty, pretty exciting this time Well, I'm pretty excited about it anyway So, yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to announcing all that in a couple of weeks' time
2: No sneak no sneak peeks oh, for nice. the uh, podcast listeners? Oh, <laughs> it's,
0: kill, it's killing me, don't no <laughs> worry, it's killing me I, I'd love to, but um, uh, no We tried, we tried It's only a couple of weeks <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, yeah, I'll give you the exclusive, did. yeah, the week before we right. put it on here Sounds okay.
1: good Sounds good Okay, cool. Well, thank you. Definitely go check out, like I said, Aussie Car on Facebook Uh, if you are interested in a really good league that will teach you how to race and treat you with a bit of respect, or the drivers will treat you with a bit of respect. And as you've seen in the Discord today, help you out massively on and off the track. So, as we mentioned before, poor Dennis has had some wheel issues, but everyone has been jumping in there, giving him advice and helping him out and offering bits and pieces to get him back on the track. So, uh, shout out to the Aussie Car Discord, you guys are all legends. Um, even though I've probably stolen half of them for the Locked On Lads Discord, <laughs> and you're going well over there. But um, it's good to have have everyone just working together as a team. So it's really, really good fun. Um, Brayden, quickly, what could, where can people find you, mate? And what what, what do you want to shout yeah,
2: out? Yeah, so I'll try my best to actually stream the race this week. So over on Twitch.tv/slash The One D Wade. I didn't get a chance. Well, I could have streamed it last week, but I almost didn't race. To be honest, I wasn't feeling that well. Um so it didn't really fill up streaming uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at Brain talks um, and that's about it uh, I just want to give a little shout out to all the people that have reached out and um, suggesting guests and you know we've got I feel like we've got a pretty good lineup of guests coming up over the next you know four to eight weeks that we can uh, tap into it's been really cool to see the response from people and people really happy to give their time which is awesome
1: yeah now I, I I quickly because I, I I was shocked at how many people were reaching out already and I sort of threw out an idea to you off the cuff, sort of half thinking about it beforehand where we might have to do a sort of a separate 15, 20-minute episode once a week as well where we just interview some drivers uh, without being part of the podcast. And with the amount of drivers that have put their hand up today uh, and over the last couple of days, I think it's something we're going to have to seriously look at. So, uh, Because otherwise we're pretty much booked out till midway through May at the moment <laughs> and um, we haven't even asked some of the people who volunteered their, their themselves today and, and suggestions today right. so we will work out what we're going to do with that but thank you everyone for the feedback and the suggestions and the volunteering so it's really really good to see. Um, you can look you know where to get me locked on lads on Twitch locked on lads YT on YouTube locked on lads on Facebook. The Facebook is the main place I am shouting out as many series and, and different things that I, I can on there so if you Uh, I'll obviously promote it through there if you you hit me up, uh, as Aiden did today. Um, But yeah, definitely chuck on. Give us a like if you can. That's the thing, the follow and the likes are the things that help us out, uh, get exposure as much as we can out there. So on the Facebook. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's joined our Discord yet again this week. Uh, It's really good to see all the people coming through. Uh, Lockdownlads.com slash Discord will get there. Wilco's Chill Zone is my little Twitter place. I'm trying to be a little bit more... Um, active on there so thank you to everyone who watched me cook pizzas (laughs) uh, last week over Easter, they were really (laughs) yummy and I put on too much weight eating them Um, but look, other than that, that's been a podcast thank you so much Irie. you've been an absolute legend and thank you for being our first guest and we'll be back next week with Chris Purnell so get your questions in right now if you want to hit us up at the Discord or the email, give us your questions for Chris Purnell from Virtual Motorsports Racing and also he's done a lot of stuff, he's a endurance champion but yeah definitely get them in but thank you everyone we'll catch you next week thanks ira thank you have a great week we'll talk to you later